most of the things that are going to pop up on your phone at any given moment can wait a few minutes until you check. Mm-hmm. So ever since I heard, or I think I read the tweet or something that was basically like notifications on your phone are like alarm clocks that other people set for you. Oh, wow. That's great. It kind of was like, oh, I don't have to hear it every single time. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Lab Podcast with me, Will Dorns, and my co-host, Ever Adams. In this episode, we talk about cell phone addiction and how it's stealing your attention and how to be more deliberate and aware of that because I think it has a bigger impact not only on you and, and what you're doing in the task at hand, but also on, on those around you. We also talk about how Everett is moving to LA and how he plans to join a community in a new place. And we get into some other random things and some other random stories, which we hope you guys enjoy. Life Lab, we're live. We're out here. You were you were going to say something and then I wanted to see your phone. It was just a rant that I went to the Apple store and I stood in line for 15 minutes just to get an appointment to get a phone. The phone's just released on like Friday. Okay. So it's like the worst time to be doing this. Yeah. But I... You know, I was having a situation with my old phone. So I wait. I get in. I get up there. I'm like, here's what I want. Luckily, they have it. Just to schedule an appointment. And the whole thing is when you come for the appointment, they have the phone. And you just do the transaction. <clears throat> so it's like an hour, hour and a half out. The Hawks game is on. I was with JP. Um, so we went and watched some of the game. I get back over there. And I'm like, I'm here for where is this being U Village Apple Store? Got it. Yeah. So probably one of the worst locations to be doing this at. Yeah. Too. Especially on the weekend. Yeah. Um I get there, I'm like, hey, I'm pumped. I'm like, I'm here for my 230 appointment. And they're like, Oh yeah, the line for the appointments is right there. And I was like, What do you mean? Because I'm thinking like you just walk in and it's an appointment. It's like no, there's a line for an appointment. So I get there at 2.30. I don't think I, and it's a, it's like a window. It's like 2.30 to 3. Yeah. I don't think I got up there until like 3 o'clock to the front of the line. And then it was like another 10 minutes and I finally got my phone. So it took you just 10 minutes to get your phone? like Once I got to the person. Yeah. But it took me a total of 45 minutes waiting in line with an hour in between. Where it was just like, oh, I guess we'll go grab a drink and watch the football game. That was nice of JP to wait. It was his idea. We He left his car at my place Saturday night because we went out. What are, we, what are we doing? Watching the UW game. And, uh, and so we went to breakfast and he was like, is your phone still fucking up? He was making fun of me Sunday morning. And... Uh, He's like, isn't there an Apple store? He, like, he just didn't have anything to do. So he's like, let's just roll and go to the game, go watch the game. I'm sure one, he was thinking the same thing I thought. Like, hey, if they have the phones, it's not going to take that long to just get a phone, mm-hmm. you know? So the getting, the transaction took, you know, seven minutes. The waiting for them to have a person to go back there and grab the phone took two and a half hours. So they just needed more people. I, Apparently, or they should know. have set expectations more of like, you don't come back an hour later for your appointment. Like, you come back in that time, and then you'll 
meet with someone almost immediately. Yeah. It should have been like come back in an hour and a half. I mean, I think these situations are always fucking obnoxious. Like when you go to you just do it online. I mean, I was going to. I didn't think they'd have them in stock. And when they had them in stock on Sunday, I was like, oh, I'll just go there. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because you could see online that they had them in stock. Um, but I would use like big releases like this. You're walking into a shit show. It's going to be obnoxious, especially at the location closest to the University of Washington. Like the actual Apple store, yeah. like it's going to be a nightmare. So I would normally do something like this. Like on, I'd go on like my lunch break on a weekday mm-hmm. where it's like quiet. So it's just a little rant. I don't. So I, how do you like the phone? I mean, it's great. Like I went from a seven to a, you have a, do you have a seven as well? I have an eight. You have an eight. Um, I mean, it's cool. The, the best thing about it is just that it's so fucking fast. Yeah. You know, I think going from like maybe an eight or like an iPhone X to an 11 Pro, I don't know if you would notice, but I hit like my Outlook app to get to my calendar or like my emails and it's just like instant. It was it. Whereas before, you know. See, I like this. Easy. Pretty much the same size. Easy. easy. It is thicker though. Of course. It's basically the same size. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want a bigger phone. No. So many people were opting for these enormous phones. I'm like, for what? Like, who's got pockets that big? Yeah, I know. Shopping in the big and tall section. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say was not a rant. It's I was on the treadmill today, kind of dying. About halfway through. And... This lady walked by with tube in her nose, going down to like a machine strapped to her waist and was like kind of speed, like walking with a purpose from one place to the other. And I was like, oh, shit, this old lady's in here. And she sat down at the machine row and was like fucking the rows up. Really? And she's probably like 75, 80. Like the full row machine? Yeah. Wow. She like had her machine, like moved it to the side. It's like the shoulder thing. And she like gets her tube out of the way. It's like strapped or thrown like over, over her, her shoulder. And she's just, you know, it's like 20 pounds or whatever it was. It was like one of the little plates on the thing. And she's just in there. She said, oh, not like the row, like the row. No, machine, not but that. Like she's doing rows. The machine row. Okay, yeah. She's doing rows. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just it got me so pumped up. The rest of my run seemed easy yeah i was like oh my god this lady's twice my age and she's in here right now getting a sweat in have i told you about the, she looks happy if i told you about the blind person that goes <laughs> no there's literally oh, a maybe dude you have yeah, I, think, I think it might have been on the last podcast but there's literally a dude that works out at our gym and he uses like the a cane like the the seeing eye stick or whatever you call it and i see him in the locker room all the time like it's like holy shit, man! Nobody has an excuse. Nobody. If this dude can't even see, and he's coming to the locker room working out and taking showers, like that's insane. I'm like, nobody has an excuse. How do you know he's and taking he's like, showers? Because I see him. Like, I see him taking showers. Oh, he doesn't see you. No, lucky him. <laughs> True that. <laughs> <laughs> 
is, and now you're staring at a seeing eye stick. That's great. (laughs) Seeing eye stick. Does he take a seeing eye stick in the shower? He must. Yeah. Man, what a life. So that was the first time I saw him. I was like, wait. I was like, I was confused. I was like, what the, what the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I, at Volleyball USA, we would make our own antennas for the volleyball nets? No. And they, so they were these, like when I started, I worked in the warehouse and I'd like ship stuff and like make some of the little products we made. And you could buy like, you know, $200 fiberglass antennas from like Tachikara, you know, or you could buy them from, from us for like 75 made by me <laughs> at the time for a, a while. We'd get these huge bundles of, you know, like eight foot white fiberglass sticks and these are the things just so that people understand that go on either side of the net they go above the net right right yeah Yeah. you can't hit the ball outside of that or you can't even hit hit those with the ball um and so we started making these and so we'd get the sticks and then we'd get this red tube and we'd cut the tube into six inch strips and then you take a heat gun basically like a strong or Mm. overpowered blow dryer and shrink it you know, so we'd make our own really? red and white striped stick. Was it like PVC pipe types material or the red the red tube? Yeah. Uh it was like it was like vinyl. The red tube. <laughs> you got a little smirk. Uh, I did. Um it was like vinyl. It was much, you know. Oh. And so you'd you'd hit it and it would just shrink to the white fiberglass stick. Mm-hmm. And so it would create, you know, six inches of red white red white to the top i see this and i'm like oh seeing ice stick (laughs) you know i'm like probably 19 or 20 when i started working there in college and because we were using like dangerous tools we also had big protective eyewear goggles on yeah and some were just looked like blind man glasses you know and so I'd fuck around and I'd put the glasses on and I'd take one of the sticks and I'd walk around the parking lot and make all my coworkers laugh. And a couple of, you know, this is in a little small business park in Kirkland at the time. A couple of coworkers would come over and be like, ah, or not coworkers, but other neighboring business people would come over and either laugh or you know, poke fun at me or whatever. And I would do this a lot. I mean, a lot. obviously I thought it was funny. It could just be so funny to whack things really hard. And like, ding, ding. One day, especially if people who don't know you, like, Is this, what's going on? Yeah, it's getting really aggressive because I had the glasses and I would just be like looking off and just like walking. Did you ever break your stick? No, actually, the only reason I did it is because it, it was already broken. Imagine if you broke your stick in half and then you had to like hunch over and you could only go like an inch, like an inch, like a foot in front of you. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be extremely. I mean, dangerous. I'm sure it happens. You know, I'm sure theirs are much stronger than what we were using. Yeah. But it's also pointing out whopping it around on yeah. things. They're not, yeah, they're not using it the way I was using it. They like kind of touch on the ground. I'm literally going <laughs> to make it. You're funny. like up in the air. Yeah. Like, what's that? So sure enough, I'm <laughs> sitting, you know, a couple weeks later or some random day. I'm, I'm inside on a sales call and I've got the headset on and I'm just talking to a customer. I'm looking at the computer screen, just like, well, whatever, taking stuff down. And this guy, Roy, who ran a contracting business 
right next door. He just he would like walk in and just like chat with us like, you know, he he just come kind of socialize and he walked in and I'm on the phone. And I kind of look at him and he's kind of looking at me like he's kind of looking around and like looking back at me and I get off the phone and he's like. I, I, I thought you were blind. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, because I'm just I'm just typing away on the computer yeah. and I'm like grabbing stuff and I look at him like, hey man, you know, and he's just like, what? <laughs> She's probably seen you multiple times yeah. doing that. Yeah, it was just like it, like it took a second and then everyone just started dying. It was like, oh, there you go. That's so funny. Probably not. I mean, kind to yeah. the community. No, but but uh, when I was. I was probably 19. That was, that was one of my funnier moments was, at work. That was really funny. Um, That's like one of those things where it's like, it's it's fu- funny in a, in, a, in a very insensitive way. And it's things that people do a lot when they're younger, especially more so when they're younger. Totally. And it's like, if you were to like dig that up and you were trying to do something like official, like, running for politics or a coach or whatever, like, and people would like go into like the archives of your tweets, like 15 years back. And it's like, Oh my God, you did this one thing that was insensitive and just blow you up. It's like, it's just like, can you imagine if I yeah. was running for like mayor of Seattle and yeah. like some, Ray comes out of the woodwork goes, he, he was making fun of blind people <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago. Here's a video. People would be like, that's nope. hilarious. <laughs> And I'm not getting elected, but still. Uh, speaking of heat guns, by the way, I uh, I remember I used a heat gun because I love debadging car. I really love debadged cars. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know like what make or model they are. And so you can use a heat gun or if you really want to and spend more time, you can use a, a blow dryer and you basically go to like those like I had like an Audi A4. This is like Quattro and all that kind of stuff on it. And you just take it to those like symbols and you basically just heat gun them off. And because it's adhesive that goes to the car, melts the glue or something. Melts the glue and then you take it off. Hmm. You could also do it with um, a blow dryer. Just put on hot as hot as it can go. It just takes longer. But then you get floss. You take Uh, floss and you go behind it. And as as the glue is loosening up, you just slide it along there and it'll come off. Huh. It takes like 10, 5 to 10 minutes per like emblem that you do. But it's a... Uh, have you done that on all your cars? Yeah. Interesting. I would assume, I would have assumed that it wasn't adhesive, you know? Yeah. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Like it's probably the most efficient way to do it. But when you see like a nice looking emblem or you see that you know audi logo on the back you assume it's like in bolted yeah on exactly there uh i've uh, there's one thing that i am always curious about and like like there are some and i just haven't looked into this as much is that there are some logos for like like yesterday i saw like a fully murdered out porsche um and the even the logo on the back that was porsche 
can't remember what type it was, was blacked out. So the Porsche, um, it says Porsche. It says mm. it was all murdered out too. And it was on a black Porsche. Yeah. Black rims, of course, and everything. And I was just like, like, I'm pretty sure Porsche does not sell those types of emblems. So is that like an aftermarket thing? Or are they applying that on top of the emblem? James Whalen would probably know this if we had him on ever. I wonder if they take it off and put it back on, take it off and dip it in the yeah. color they want. Mm, because you might have to, you might want to take it off when you're, if you're painting the car. Yeah. You might just take it off at that pro- that same process. Yeah. Interesting. I can't remember when I took the emblems off my cars if it messes up with the way that the that you could like reattach the emblems. I can't remember if it like shrunk them or expanded them or made them like bend in a certain way. I can't remember. So I don't know. Well, I think we had a good segue earlier when we were talking about. Um, not having a phone. So you mentioned you wanted to talk about attention to technology today. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to, you want to get into that? I've, I've, I'm always really curious when I listen to any sort of podcast and they bring this up in the way that not only phones and social, social media, I think it's the, a bad, not a bad rap, but they are the, the victim for this at all times. Um, but just the way that people's attention have just continue to shrink and how so much of that is tied to like our phones and how I I think it just has having, it's reducing the amount that we can focus on any sort of task or have longer form type of conversations. And I think it's just, um, I'm not sure if problem is the right word, but I think it's something to, for people to pause and like consider how much time they spend on the phone that fills up absolutely like zero value add to that individual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. That was a segue, but I didn't want to take it away from the other things. Yeah. Well, it's, it was funny that you mentioned that because I, I definitely felt it this weekend, not having cellular service on my phone. I was one of those people running around all weekend who, if I wanted to communicate, I had to get on Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I just wasn't getting cellular cellular service starting on Friday. Um, <clears throat> and it was kind of nice at certain times, but I al- it also made me realize, like, so many times I'd be sitting there and think to pull out my phone. Mm-hmm. But then think to myself, there's nothing on that. There's nothing to do because I can't see anything. It's just right now, it's just a brick in my pocket. But that was happening so many times. And then every time I'd be like, oh, nice. I don't I don't need to get my phone out because yeah. there's nothing there. But it, it made me aware uh, of how common I th- was thinking maybe I should get my phone out. Yeah. I mean, I... I try whenever I get on the light rail, it goes home. I like try. And as soon as I get down there, I'm like, 
unless I'm communicating with someone like via text, I try and set a goal to like not like this sounds so silly, but I try to set a goal to like not take my phone out or not look at my phone. Yeah. Just from when I get down to the light rail station to when I get off the light rail station or when I get home. And that's like 10 minutes, but it's 10 minutes of me where I, I can't do anything. I'm just standing there waiting for something to transport me home and then walk home and get there, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy. The urges that you feel to pull it out and even to just check things that don't matter. And I think that is where I think part of the issue is, is that it's just filling the void of space that allows our brain to just think about things in our life. And it's just filling that void at all times. So we never have that like headspace to just think mm-hmm. about just random things in our life that are going on. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest concerns for that I see are when I'm talking with someone and they pull out their phone, like swipe through Instagram like three or four times and then like put it back in their pocket, like while I'm talking to their face and just yeah. like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, yeah, you like you didn't probably didn't actually process a single one of those pictures or what they meant or anything, but you were looking for that dopamine hit of did somebody like my photo? And so you just kind of because you have opened the app, you're going to scroll a little bit and then like it's like I'm right here talking to you. I'm like, am I not that interesting enough? Like, but it's not like that. I see I see this happen to people all the time and or when at every point where like i'll leave the room um see someone there as soon as i leave the room and as soon as i come back they're on the instagram just scrolling 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 it's like just because i left for like to go to the bathroom and come back did you need to fill up that void by looking at your phone and instagram just the easy one to like victimize but any sort of thing like that is just it's been really interesting the more and more like phones have become ingrained into our daily lives. And I think it's something that we need to like definitely take pause over. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it goes hand in hand with um, the the purpose that meditation serves um, in that when you, when you said it's funny this is going to sound silly that I have a goal to not pull my phone out. The reality is we actually have tons of moments in our lives when we don't have to be doing anything. Like when you're sitting on the light rail, you don't have to be working. You don't have to be talking to anyone, but you say, let me pull out my phone and just distract myself Mm -hmm. or maybe start consuming something that, leads me to start thinking about something else that could affect you emotionally, you know, positively or negatively to the, so commonly we run from a moment where we could just relax and either be with our thoughts or try to, you know, whatever, let thoughts flow and not, not really think too deeply. We, we run from that opportunity so often that now it's like, here's an app to help you not do anything. And it's called, yeah. me- it's called meditation. Yeah. You know, you could just sit, you could just sit there, which I'm sure you do many times on the light rails or, or 
Any, Spe- speaking of that, yeah, silence my notifications. <laughs> or or anywhere else, you know. I heard Naval and and uh, and Joe Rogan talking about it. Like you know, Naval was saying, you know, it's like, hey, I, I think using an app for meditation is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like all you really need to do is sit there and breathe. Yeah, I think it provides structure for you know people who you know haven't studied it. But uh, Joe was talking about a time where we would all be on our phones. He went to the dentist and had to wait 25 minutes. He's like, I just sat there and breathed the whole time. Closed my eyes. He's like, I don't have 20 minutes often to just sit there and do nothing. You know? Yeah. And like 99.9% of people, including me, I think I'm viewing these times as opportunities now versus like dead, like downtime. I think when you think about your day in your life, you think about sitting at the dentist office for 20 minutes waiting for the appointment as a waste of time mm-hmm. when really it's a blessing and it's an opportunity if you use it right to give yourself a break, like yeah. relax. Yeah. If you don't have to, why be reading emails? Why be communicating? Why be on Twitter and Instagram? Like fucking relax. Yeah. It's really interesting to the way that so much money is put in by large corporations um, like the Apples um, and every company that makes an app on a phone, like they make it so that it's as colorful as possible. They make it so that you, they are hits of dopamine every single time you open them up so that you want to continue to use them because Mm -hmm. the more that you use that app, the more likely you're going to be to purchase something related to that app, which means bottom line money for that, that company. Yeah. So it's, and I'm not sure how to combat that with the way that those companies are structured and the way that there's like no regulations around it because it's just going up more and more and more with the way that our, our um, attention is being focused on those things and, being driven to open up the phone to go into that app more and more and more. Um, everything is designed around creating consumption on those those apps within our phone. Um, my Apple Watch, I think I had to set this up, but it's got reminders to pause and breathe like several times a day. And it's got like its own built-in app where it just like kind of tells you what to do. But just having that reminder on the wrist I think it's usually like it, re- it suggests like one minute. Like take a moment to breathe. It can really improve your day. Like my watch really says that. It also says if you've been sitting for too long, it says time to stand up. And it, it usually has like a kind of a fun fact about, you know, how even standing up for a moment gets your blood pressure going yeah. and like how much that helps you in the long run. Um, how often do you? How often do you see a notification like that and you actually do it? Most of the time. Most of the time? Yeah, because I I, I just, I see the value. It's like I, I forget to do it on my own. Or that I, I think that's the, that's what's nice about it is like, I'll be working and think like, I should go walk around for a second right now, but I just keep working. I, and then when it pops up on, yeah. And then when it, pops up on your phone or even something like I should go refill my glass of water 
take a like a one minute break from this computer screen and come back and like because I think it it actually helps you be more productive to have better blood flow and your blood flow really slows and you're just sitting for hours. Mm-hmm. So I've been wearing my watch more. Um and I I've been kind of recently reminded of of that it does that the reminders to breathe and the reminders to stand up. Um, and then I'll have like, you know, my exercise goals, caloric goals. Um, and it'll, it now that I, because I wasn't using it for a long time, I had to update it. And there's a new piece where you can set your like resting caloric burn goals and your Mm. active caloric burn goals for the day. Interesting. That's really cool. You you don't realize how many calories you burn just at rest, just yeah. like walking around living your just, life. Just living. Yeah. And then you go and do an exercise. It adds to that. Um, so I, I set a couple of those reminders too. Um, and then I, you know, I told you about the, uh, do, do you have the headspace? Reminders. The yeah. Notifications or whatever. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. I love those. I love the one where it's like, Take a break from using your phone. Yeah. I'm just like, yes. I like the one where it's like, uh, do just do something fun today yeah. for yourself. And I always think like, what silly thing could I do right now? Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm around other people. Like, you know, it's nice. I, I like nice. the ones which, which are like, uh, what, like, give someone a compliment that you haven't. Or mm-hmm. like, or it's like, reach out to someone. And just say hi to them yeah. for whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I should do that. I think I think those types of things help a lot. But I think those are my, those are almost like mindful reminders and mindful notifications. But by and large, they're not that way. Um, one of the on the Tim Ferriss podcast recently, the the guy was saying how how many times do you sit to take a break from your phone, like you, you go to meditate or you go to do some sort of activity. Maybe you lay down to take a nap and you're expecting something important from someone. And you're, let's say you're taking, you're trying to take a nap and you're expecting something important that you want to respond to, but you're getting all these notifications. So you have your notifications on, but you're, and so you're getting up and you're checking your phone every single time one goes off, but none of those notifications are the one that you actually care about. And he was saying that you should be able to, outside of just silencing people, because you couldn't silence everyone in your phone book, you should be able to set like a a do not disturb setting with particular people that you want that will allow you to receive notifications. So let's say you always want to receive notifications from your mom. Every time you put on do not disturb and your mom messages you, you could get your phone would go through do not disturb and actually send that message, that notification out to you. Or it could do it for specific people in specific time instances. So I thought that was really interesting because I've been in those types of situations a lot where I'm like, I really don't want to look at my phone. I'm doing something. Maybe I'm working and I'm really dialed in right now, but I'm waiting on this thing that I need to respond to this person. But then I'm getting all these messages or notifications from other people or other things that are that start distracting me, taking me away from that focus when that one person who I needed to respond to didn't respond for like an hour. And so that hour leading up to that, I was getting distracted. So you can allow calls from individuals on do not disturb. 
what can you allow like i don't think texts but actually no uh from your favorites oh from your favorites interesting yeah it doesn't look like you can go one by one but you if someone's in your favorites their calls will come through which is kind of cool interesting i'm more concerned i'm more focused on like text messages personally but i mean it's, it's cool they do that at least um um but i just think i think things like that need to be more ingrained into like all of our applications and, and phone settings yeah. just from the start not having to go in and opt into those types of things because it's hard to deny them yeah do you do anything to try and reduce your phone like specific things to try and reduce phone use or things um, like that i use the uh the limits on apps yeah i do too I break them. I ignore them all the time, but they at least help me use them less. They make me aware of how much time I've yeah. spent that day. And they also make me consider it when I'm using it because I know, especially like in the mornings, if I'll pop onto something, I'm like, I've set this limit for 45 minutes today. Like, you know, it's okay to consume stuff like that. You know, like my social media streams are, I feel mostly valuable content. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's bad, but it's helpful to be, have an understanding of how much time I am spending on there. So when I am on there, I'm like, is this what I should be doing now versus something else? A damn refrigerator every time. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I, and so th those are actually nice. And then, um. I do, uh, I've been doing do not disturb for a couple of years. Like when do you put it on? Almost all the time. Really? Because like, if you think about it, like a notification coming through my phone, whether it's a text or a phone is rarely my top priority. Like if you wake up and make a to-do list for your day, most of the things that are going to pop up on your phone at any given moment can wait a few minutes until you check. Mm -hmm. So ever since I heard, or I think I read the tweet or something that was basically like notifications on your phone are like alarm clocks that other people set for you. Oh, wow. That's great. It kind of was like, Oh, I don't have to hear it every single time. Cause if I'm, if I like, especially there's days I'll write a to-do list of like, this is shit I've got to get done today. I'll usually do like, you know, from highest priority to lowest. And then like, you know, absolutely must get done today. And if I have time, I'd like to get these other things done, you know? And there's some days where it's like, you got to fucking buckle down. I can't be checking my phone every time someone texts or calls or an email or Instagram, or, you know, there's a few social media accounts that like Rhonda Patrick, I like to get notified when she tweets because her shit's always just fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like, you know, it's always cool. And I often I would miss it before, but I don't need to be notified every time. It's often like, oh, let me check my phone and see what's going on. And that I'm using that time to check my phone 
And the other time I'm getting my work done. You're like, like batching trying to things. Do, yeah. You're yeah. Locking. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. But then there's also times where it's like, if you're expecting a call, you, you know, you want to have your, yeah. your stuff come through. Or, I really like that idea though, because you're really sacrificing your time for other people's when it might not be valuable. And like, the whole point of like this discussion, in my opinion, is like going back to like our ability to focus on what's important at that moment, um, whether that be the person across from you or whether that be your job or your hobby that you're that you're trying to do or whatever it is. Like, I think that focus and that diversion of focus is like the issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like all the other habits we've talked about that in in some moment in everyone's life you feel like some act of self-care is pulling you away from people or sacrificing another activity or somewhat selfish when the reality is if you're deliberate about the time you go to look at your phone to communicate with people probably communicating a little bit more effectively with that person rather than, you know, the moment where I'm like balls deep into an email and I'm focused and I get a text and I'm like, Oh, Oh, let me text this person back real quick. But I'm thinking about this email or vice versa. You're, it's you're just mind like split your mind is split. Yeah. Like, Hey, let me, let me talk to you when it's, when I can give you my attention versus half asking this response, which I will do often. I might write a shorter response because I'm responding to you when I'm busy versus engaging in a conversation with you when I have time and I have the attention. So it's like all these habits that we're trying to build these apps, these limits, it's all working backwards to like the way it's supposed to be. Or like, just imagine like I had the experience this weekend where it's like, I can't call you until I'm home. Yeah. I'm driving. I'm in an Uber. I'm at the store. Can't call you. Yeah. So when I do call you, it's great, you know, and like there's some people that like don't don't text a lot. And so they call and like. The, you know. These solutions to things that seem to be new problems have old solutions. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like that. That mindset. Uh, have you heard of I can't remember who said this, but it was. Let me take a look at your home screen and I'll and I'll know what's important to you. So like basically take a look at your home screen on your phone. And like that person will be able to know what's hmm. what do you value in your life? Is it like whatever those apps are like they're that's what's going to be. Should important we do it right now? Mine, I've I've very uh, thoughtfully constructed mine for the most part. I don't want to I don't want to hear. We'll swap phones. and. You read off mine and I'll read off yours. All right. What if there was just nothing on yours? That'd be kind of funny. All right. Here's Will's starting from the top left. Uh, calendar. We've got a productivity folder. That's work. Which is mostly work. Like you see Outlook. A couple apps that aren't, aren't even downloaded. Uh, Shazam. I love that that's on your front page. Settings. Twist. What's Twist. It's for our lights, so oh, cool. it's like a utility, so we can turn our lights on with our phone. Mm, thank God. 
podcasts, notes, headspace, Spotify, Evernote, Google Maps, and Gmail. And on your utility bar below, you have phone, Safari, messages, and camera. What do I have? All right. Starting in the upper left, you have settings. Then you have uh, transportation um, app, which is actually after listening to that Tim Ferriss podcast, I'm going to move more of my transportation apps like Uber, Lyft. Oh, you mean my transportation folder? Yeah, your transportation okay. folder to my my homepage because those are things like that aren't going to divulge my attention away. Like I'm going to click into it, use it, exit the app, and then never use it again until I need that service again. So I think those types of utilities are important to have in your home screen, such as like my twist, like for my lights. It's like it's never going to take away my attention from anything. Like I'm not going to go into the app and just play with hang the, out, play with the lights. Well, I mean, maybe that sounds well, kind actually, of fun sometimes. Actually, Jen and I do that sometimes. Like she'll be going to bed and I'll be out here reading, and <laughs> of she'll, course, just, she'll just turn the lights off and then she'll turn it back on and turn it off again. Then I'll finally just like come on, which is pretty funny. Okay, so then you have uh, which looks like a business folder. You have some mess. Looks like a messaging one. You have like a Skype for Business Hangouts, Google Hangouts. Notes. Those are all, yeah, all like communication apps for the most yeah. part. And you have Audible. Uh, then you have Sonos, Photos, Podcasts, Spotify, Headspace, Waking Up, Outlook app. Then you have interesting. And then you have the phone app, like to call people, like the phone button. Mm-hmm. And then you have what's is Huji your your camera? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's a camera app. Then there's the health app. Why do you have that on your homepage? I like because you can look at your health stats at any time. Do you look at it frequently? Like I was talking about earlier, like the uh, caloric tracking, yeah. sleep stuff. Uh, yeah, that's in there. I look at it. My it that's a recent add to my front page since I've started using my. Um, Apple Watch again. And then last but not least, you have uh, Twitter. And then you have in like the bottom, I can't remember what it's called, uh, like toolbar, you have Safari, notes, messages, and then music, like Apple Music. Mm. I'm pretty proud of us that neither of us have Instagram on our homepage. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have Twitter, you know, which I feel is you know, could, could be the same, but. Yeah. But in my opinion, like Twitter is more used to communicate with people and you can gather information and start a conversation with someone. Whereas I don't think Instagram, you're not going to Twitter looking for pictures of pretty cabins or pretty pictures of food or well, it's all how you, of butts. it's all how you curate stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like, totally. I'm, I'm on a forever on a crusade to unfollow stuff. If I find it, you know, just not useful or just not, if it's purely entertaining, it's gotta be fucking good. Yeah. You know, it's really good. And if like, you know, just get rid of it. I think that's why I, I'm okay with Instagram being a little bit more entertainment and more like friends and some like funny stuff, which is entertainment. I open my Twitter at any given time and it's more 
Um, every once in a while, I'll go to like the news tab and be like, what's going on? And then be reminded I don't read the news <laughs> or like why not to read the news. But most of my Twitter feed is like people in tech, motivational folks, fitness folks, venture capital, like stuff that like thought leaders that are yeah, yeah, subject matter experts. Just a lot of thought leadership on things I'm interested in. So it's, I don't want to say it's like research, but like, I get good ideas from Twitter all the time and I write down like workout tips and I look into books and websites and journals, articles and stuff all the time for my Twitter. Yeah. 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 I I would agree with at least, but like you said, it's all how how you curate it yourself. But there's a way to do that on Instagram, but it's just a much more difficult in my opinion. Yeah. But then I've got this guy from fucking what's his name. I think he's from the Bill Simmons podcast. Who's usually pretty clever. And now he's commenting on this girl's picture of her butt cheeks and pizza. And I don't know what's going on. What? I didn't, I didn't ask for this. Shouldn't put pizza on a white rug. <laughs> like that's his whole thing. Oh man. That's funny. Anyway, like that, I think that's, you know, I respect Apple for putting those reminders. Um, on your phone like you can place limits on your on things so that you can be a little bit more you know aware and mindful of what you're doing um it's got i don't know when this started but i I know that this new phone has like uh, you can enable a lighting setting to where it's actually pretty fucking amazing it's adjusting the light with your circadian rhythm so it's reducing like the blue light yeah yeah it's brighter in the morning and it gets basically in the evenings it just starts to dim um if you set your bedtime it gives you a reminder your bedtime is coming up yep uh headspace does that too i have headspace at 10 o'clock every night so do i it's time yeah i just ignore that bitch almost every time so do i Uh, but um you know I think people are becoming more aware that all this shit's not normal. And so many of the things that are these shiny objects that we all pursue and want to buy the latest one and buy another one, um, they're to be managed and they're to be leveraged. And if you don't, you become a victim Mm -hmm. of them, you know, because there's, you know, if you're not doing it, you, you, I mean, you can waste your life away on stuff that doesn't even matter. Yeah. What, do you ever use grayscale on your phone? Is that where you turn your colors to grayscale? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, no. I pretty much do it. I try and go a whole day without it, but on the iPhone, I think Mikey showed this to me or I read about it, but I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, Basically, on the iPhone, there's a setting under accessibility, I think. I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, <laughs> I can triple click the home screen. Yeah. And I click what's called color filters. And I'll turn everything to, like, essentially black and white. And then it'll there's also a reduce white point mm. button, which dims it even darker. So yeah. I usually put, I try and leave grayscale on all day if I can. One, it saves you like a lot of battery life, like a ton of battery that life. Makes sense. And then um, 
like I was going back to like the way that the apps are colored and how everything is so like you turn your iPhone, you look at the apps, they are so bright and they are so colorful. Like they're so vivid that you're just vivid like, is the word I was going to cool. use. Exactly. The vivid is the word I was going to use. And grayscale really diminishes that. And I challenge you to go look on grayscale, go into Instagram and see how long you can scroll before you get bored. Because I don't do it right now. Because you're just like, these pictures aren't that cool. <laughs> and so I've found it to save myself from using my phone as much as I want for just pointless activities. And then it also saves battery life. Um, and it's easy. It's just a triple click of the home button and I can turn it on or off. And I always, I always turn it on like an hour before I go to bed at least. And that way when I wake up in the morning, it's also on grayscale. So I'm less tempted to immediately go into that. Um, I'm on the apps timeline of, starting to scroll, starting to use these things that are going to take away my, my focus. And then I'm starting my day in this much more reactionary type of a mindset instead of being, um, Oh, it's under accessibility. You said, yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't have a home button anymore. Crazy. I, I used to use that too. Uh, um, Oh, interesting. Well, we can put that in the, the show notes, but uh, let's see, grayscale for new iPhone. Uh, it says open settings, general, go to accessibility, then go to display accommodations, and then tap on color filters, then turn the switch on accessibility display accommodations i don't have that but i'm on an iphone 11. it says I don't uh, know if that iphone x are you the xr no i'm iphone 11 pro what's the difference between iphone 11 and iphone 11 pro i i couldn't tell you this is just the latest phone i think that was last year's release but I would imagine it'd be in the same place. Let's see. Let me see. I just don't have that tab there. Interesting. Yeah. I don't see it. They got rid of it. They're like, nah, you ain't going grayscale no more. <laughs> Fire side button. Yeah, I don't see anything that would. Audio visual. Audio visual. I don't know. Maybe that's something we'll have to do some research on. But at least on the old phones, you could you could definitely do that. And it's something that's been super helpful for me. Interesting. But I think doing all of those types of things, those those small things, they can definitely help. Um setting having your phone, your home screen be very curated apps, using grayscale, um, having those reminders, setting those limits on your phone, um, and just being more aware of, of 
how you're using your phone and when you're using your phone, I think can just add to a better level of focus that you can have on a just an ongoing basis. Do you think this applies to other technology or do you think like the phone is the biggest perpetrator? I think the phone is the biggest perpetrator. Well, I guess, I guess that's, I guess the better way to ask the question is besides the phone, what do you think this applies to? I definitely, I like turning off uh, my notifications on my MacBook. So I I don't see my texts pop up on my MacBook while I'm trying to work or like work on things. Um, I turn notifications off for everything. The only thing I get notifications for on my phone are, I think, those headspace reminders and text messages and calls. I don't get notifications for a single other thing like at all. What if you got a pop-up from Headspace while you were meditating? Well, I'd be so zen-like that I wouldn't even I'd be just dialed in wouldn't even notice it. Dude, speaking of zen, I was on the, like, I was on the Headspace careers page. Like, Headspace is in my territory now. I just updated my LinkedIn location to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. But from like Google's perspective, they're a target account. So I'm like looking at getting in there. So I go to their careers page to see from a technology standpoint, maybe get an idea of like who they're trying to hire, what kind of tools they're using or looking to leverage. And they had some pretty cool like sales positions on there and uh, BD positions. And so I went to Glassdoor. Apparently their culture is terrible. What? Which, like, I was so curious about, you know, like, it's such a, you know, it's got to be the first thing people wonder, like, oh, at an app that's all about mindfulness yeah, from a former monk, yeah, uh, what's the actual company culture like? Most of the reviews are like, for, for a wellness app, the culture sucks, <laughs> like stuff like that. Get a clue, management. And, you know, I hope this doesn't kill our future, you know, goals of having Headspace as a sponsor on the podcast, but I was pretty blown away by that. Apparently there's, they also, are you looking it up? Yeah. One of the craziest things I read was that somebody wrote. And, you know, it, it, it lists the position. So you get a little bit of context of, like, who the person is writing. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a pretty worthy title. Take that with a grain of salt. But the person said something about, like, Calm has already taken over the market and will crush the space. Like, Interesting. somebody at, a like, a high-ranking role at Headspace wrote. Dang. which you know i'm curious what that means but it seems like they just had a lot of growing pains from what i'm looking here yeah i mean take away the for the wellness thing and that's what every startup says mindfulness more like mindlessness yeah that's, I, so, I, so, uh... that's so good <laughs> oh yeah calm is taking the throne and they will win then right after that they said parking here is a nightmare yeah. But every tech company is like that. 
at the end of the day, they're a technology startup. Like they all have growing pains. It's all, it's cutthroat everywhere. Managers are trying to climb ladders every two years. So it's a balancing act of company vision and personal savagery. That's so fascinating. Yeah. It's that must be quite a dilemma for people in leadership at a company and not just like headspace, but like any type of like wellness company where it's like, all right, we are trying to promote wellness in whatever capacity it is, but they're not able to execute on wellness within their own company. Yeah, like, and you're probably be, held to an even higher standard you, because of that. I would hold a company to higher those standards no, without a doubt. Yeah. Like, how can we say this is our brand if we're not, you know, leading the charge yeah. and, you know, taking care of people? Especially with, you know, one of the things Headspace does is, I don't know if they're doing it yet or they're trying to roll it out, but Headspace for work. So you're trying to go probably sell, you know, HR or people that look into productivity on maybe, you know, licenses and access to Headspace. Hey, by the way, did you see my tweet the other day? Yeah, I meant to. Was it teachers get it free? Yeah, teachers get it free. That's sick. I know. That is sick. I wonder if you could. Well, you already paid for it. Yeah, I already paid for it. But I actually, I actually got an email from Headspace like a couple of days before you sent that tweet to me. And I just said, I, it said, oh, Headspace free for educators. So I forwarded it on to Jenna. Mm. She said she's like, they had a, like a questionnaire that you go through when you sign up for it as an educator. It's like, how do you feel? Like, what do you, like all these questions. And it was like, she was doing someone for like stress. She's she done like a couple of times for like three minutes. I was like, good. Yeah. Anything awesome. is something. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's got to be quite the dilemma as an executive in a company like that, when you're trying to not only grow and just have the, the thought of, I want to make money, but I also want to provide value and wellness and be true to our values of why we started the company. And then like, there's got, there's two ends of the spectrum and making a lot of money and having great wellness and having great employee life and all those types of things they don't always go hand in hand every single time because especially if you're trying to scale few companies scale without problems because yeah that's when the problems arise most a lot of times yeah i mean especially if you take on venture capital which i would imagine they did yeah those guys don't give a shit about your meditation no not at all if you're if you've got a uh, more minutes breathed in an application than millions made i don't give a fuck yeah headspace took on about 75 million dollars total total funding hmm. i wonder how they're doing like i wonder how much money they make it's fascinating. It's like how many people sign up, you know? And I think they spend a shit ton on marketing. Their marketing charge through the World Cup and all the emails I've been getting. Yeah. I get ads on Instagram. I think I get 
their ads on Twitter. Do you? You know, they, I think they did a pretty solid campaign with the women's national team. And I think they do it with a handful of teams. They say, you know, U.S. women's national team meditates with headspace. Mm-hmm. Like that's their whole thing, which I thought was cool. I think it's very cool. Yeah. It's like, again, it's also like you mentioned the comments in there about growing pains. It's early. It's like the idea of streaming music when it first came out was foreign and obnoxious to people. And now it's like, you're crazy if you don't use Spotify. Yeah. You know, like I wonder if in a couple of, you know, it might be 10 more years to where like everyone's got something like Headspace on their phone that reminds them to take a break a few times a day. It might like just how be crazy Apple. Is that? Apple might just do it themselves. Yeah, like why wouldn't they? Yeah, they they are with the thing on my on my uh, watch. Does do they do that on the phone? No. I just realized it's only my watch that does no. it. My no. f- like that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it on the phone, or I have it set up on the phone. Guess how much funding Calm has received? Two hundred million. Not that much, but double Headspace, one forty three. Yeah, for some reason I felt like it was more. I think their founding team are more experienced technology entrepreneurs. Yeah. Where fucking Headspace is Andy Pudicom and God knows who else. Yeah. But I fuck with that. Like you can't. At least the way he's presented himself to me and the few times I think he was on. Man, we should try to get him on Joe Rogan. But I think he was on Ellen or something like that, and I watched that. Yeah. He presents well. He presents to me like the absolute guy you'd you'd want to have. As like the face of your face. Yeah. He may not I don't even know if he is the CEO, but I would imagine I think he's if not it, he's up there for sure. I guess I guess it could you know, on one hand. You could see where they would want to let him build the brand and help build the service around his philosophies, but have someone else run the guts of the business. But then you could see how that could get out of control. Says he's a founder. But is he is he the CEO? Doesn't say on here on Crunchbase. I think he was at one point. Jeez, squeaky chairs, squeaky new chairs from the wedding. Yep. See the table we got behind you? Just need to. What's going on? What's what's all this? Uh, we just need to get it set up. We bought it from someone off of like Amazon. There's a for sale like email address on Amazon, so I just had like a (gasps) dining. Dude, will you put all my stuff for sale on there? Yeah. I've got so much shit I need to sell. Just, if you just list it out. And can I send you pictures and just stuff? Yeah. Ooh, that's brilliant. If you Dude, s- Craigslist is actually, all scammers now. Actually, if you post it, if you can post it to like a link that I can just share the link. That way I'm not actually having to upload the photos within the email, but like I can just. So if you upload the photos to like, up like a public facing, it's going way off topic, a, a public facing um like 
Google Photos or something like that where people can publicly view those those photos. So you, you can set it to public public view. That way I can just take the link and put it in the email and then people can just click on that link to see the pictures of it. It's an email? Yeah, I, I will send an email out to this alias and it's like tens of thousands of people are on it. That's weird. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that it's not like a marketplace of... I would almost imagine you'd, you'd have like just an internal Craigslist where you can just scroll yeah. through stuff. There might be, but that's just. Because I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Make a public you just, you folder just, in my Google Drive. You just or something. upload. Yeah, exactly. And anyone can view. Jeez. All right. Or you don't have to put photos at all. And I can you got to have them. photos. Yeah. Who would want to buy something without photos? Freak. I posted one thing on, um, you should actually, well, you may not be interested, but on Facebook, there's the, um, a group called buy nothing, which I, I may have mentioned to you once before, but you can like B Y or, or B U Y B U Y where it's only for giving things away, but it's like in your neighborhood only. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend of mine, a couple of years ago, she was like, I want to go pick up this Andy Warhol print from this lady down the street. And I was like, what? And we walked down. She sent her a message and this lady walked out of the house and just gave it to her. And I was like, what's what is this? And so you like you post something. And you you describe it, you put a little couple pictures to it and like people in your neighborhood they all comment on it and they say, you know, I love this. They usually provide a little bit of context about why they're interested. And they say, like, please consider giving it to me. So now. Um, That's funny. The please consider giving it to me. Well, look at this. I posted something. A couple of hours ago. And I've got 24 comments on a Holy table and shoot. chairs. Here, you can. You can scroll through this. It's it's kind of cool. I kind of regret it now, though, because I should sell this set instead of giving it away. But time is of the essence. So I just post that. Cafe table, swivel chairs, you pick up in Madison Park. And then comments just take off. Oh, I just moved to town. I would love this. Oh, this is on Facebook. Oh, I thought this was an app. No, they're Facebook groups. It's kind of funny when you join the group, the admin asks you, give me the cross streets of where you live so we know you live in our neighborhood. I'll take it. Sorry, people. Well, I'd love to give it to someone I know rather than some stranger, but uh, I've got too much. I've got so many things to get rid of. People are so pumped up. Yeah, this is a really nice table. I think I'm going to pick this. There's a there's like a college kid. Looks like he's studying math and science at UW. I uh, you know rather give it to them than some adult. Yeah. Anyway, what else is going on? Uh, that was pretty much the main things I wanted to talk about. I mean, you're moving to LA. That's. I mean, we've talked about that a bunch, but it's got to be an exciting. Yeah. New chapter. It's a lot. It's uh, it's been one of the more mentally demanding periods 
in a, you know, that you can imagine. You know, they say moving is one of the most stressful things you could do. Yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny looking around at my place thinking, I don't have a lot of stuff. But then you're like, you guys have lived here for a minute. So, like, you've got, you've collected things. I've moved a few times in the past few years. So, I've had a few like purges. Um, but like the reality is you look around, you have to touch every single thing in your house at least once in order to move. I was thinking about that. That's every crazy. single, every book, all the, I guess you don't have to touch like every fork, but like everything has to be moved. Has to be put into a box and then put into another place and then moved to a place and touched again. So, so. Kurt moved like eight or nine something absurd amount of years in a row every year he moved like it was like seven to nine years something insane like i think where he's living now is like the first time he's lived longer than one year at do he and uh his fiance yeah shout out to kurt and is it julia yeah uh damn i knew it was julia she probably won't listen but congrats to them it was fun seeing that online this weekend but Sometimes it takes, it feels like you're not even settled to you've been a place for a year. Yeah. So what the fuck is he even doing? Moving. <laughs> <laughs> and is he like 30-ish? He's 31. That's a lot, dude. Yeah. But why? Is it just like roommates shuffling around? Yeah, and roommates, so like, places getting too expensive, raising rent. Tell me he's been in Capitol Hill the whole time. No, he's never lived in Capitol Hill. Oh, where does he live? Queen. He lives in Lake Belton now. Oh. But he's prim- primarily been a Queen Anne. Oh. Uh, Belltown. He did one. He did a stint way over in like Newcastle for a while. <laughs> um, Why? A stint. I don't know. You have to ask him. It's, it's it's funny though. Kurt's wild. It's so funny. Such a clown. <laughs> Just waiting for him to move again. I'm always oh, waiting for him oh, to then they had say a dog. trash. Then they got a dog, and then so they had to move for their dog, I think. So, to a dog-friendly place? Yeah, to a dog-friendly place. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, One thing I'm excited for, one of the many things I'm really excited for as it relates to moving, is building community, getting into groups, you know, yeah, you have such a fresh start. Very like, deliberately. You have such a fresh start in a place. Like how how I've, do you think about that? And how are you gonna go about cultivating those things? Well like what are some of the things you're gonna like first do once you're like settled in and you're like, okay, I have time now to go and do the things that I want to do or that yeah. I've been looking forward to doing. Well, volleyball's obviously the first thing I've I've reached out to. Are there outdoor courts just around? Do you have to go to like the beach beach down there? How far is West Hollywood from there? I don't even know. I don't know anything. I know very little about LA. As the crow flies, it's about five to six miles from like, like Santa Monica beach, uh, further to Venice, 
Marina del Rey, all those places have, you know, there's probably hundreds of courts on a 10 mile stretch on the beach. That's where the majority of the courts are. There are some parks around town that have courts as well, but most of it's on the beach. But um, there's, there's a pretty solid community. And I think there's something cool about volleyball is, you know, people appreciate the, ex- the existence of each other. It's like, we really need each other to be able to play enough volleyball, you know, and to be able to, it really, it seems like so unique in the sense that it's always the more the merrier. Like since I joined and I'm really excited about the volleyball aspect and, you know, super, you know, confident about it because when I started doing it in Seattle, it became so apparent how just how much they players appreciate other players. Cause it's like the more people you meet around your skill level, around your area, the more opportunity you have to like put a game together at any given moment. So you want to meet people and you want to welcome people in and, you know, hope that they're nice and that they're good enough, but not too, not that good or like whatever, yeah. you know? Um, so how will you go about doing that? Just going down to the course and just, Hey, can I join in? So I'll like, do some of that. How do you do that? I'll do some of that. And you go on to meetup, meetup.com. Yeah. So I, and the, well, the other thing is there's a ton of transplants. There's, I, we were just, I was talking to Walker last night and he was talking about a guy who was, he couldn't remember his name. And I thought of his name and then I realized he moved to Santa Monica a year ago. I hadn't even thought of it, his name until just now when Walker mentioned his name. His name's Austin. He moved here from Dallas like two years ago. And I met him and he got into the group like when we were at Juanita. He played all the time. And then I think he took a job working for, I think he worked for Boeing and he moved down. So like I'll hit him up and be like, when do you play? Um, just blew a bubble. Um <laughs> There's another guy, um, uh, Stuart, who lives in Brentwood, which is not on the water, but pretty close to where I live. So what it'll be a combination of things, reaching out to the people that I know visit often because they like a lot of the people that play here love to get down to SoCal throughout the fall and winter to like just to try and play volleyball and go on like long weekend vacation. So, you know, Eli will come to town and it'll be super fun to have some Seattle people in town to play with me and they'll like, you know, plan a weekend. That'll be awesome. Do they know people down here? Cause you're going to like cultivating community. How are you going to go about cultivating, cultivating a community while you're in LA? Well, this is what on, I'm like, saying. Just a regular ongoing basis. I said, there's a few, there's a, several approaches. One is of the people that travel, stay in touch with them of the people that travel. Who do they know that's here? So Mang, um, he was like, hey, Stu lives there now. And like, basically every, like I asked Eli, I'm like, do you know anybody that lives here? He introduced me to a couple people that play at a specific court at a specific time and put me in a group chat on Facebook. And this guy's like, hey, here's when we play, show up anytime you want. Like, that's incredible. Like, you're automatically in and you can just come out and there's none of that. Like, Oh, who are these guys? Will they accept me? It's like, Hey, you've been referred. It's like, you've been referred in kind of, which is nice. It goes a long way, but 
but then the other side of it is um they're equivalent to our facebook group uh, my friend eli operates the seattle area beach volleyball group on facebook that i think now is like 1300 members and every week every other week i see someone who just moved to town hey i heard this is the group where you meet the volleyball community i live in west seattle I'm a B player. I like to play co-ed. I like to play this and that. I'm available, you know, these times. And you see the group say, hey, I live in West Seattle too. We play on Tuesdays and they start to bring people out. So I was like, they they must have some equivalent. Theirs is on meetup.com. Mm-hmm. So they have, uh, I think it's called, actually, I just think it's called LA area beach volleyball. Yeah. Basically the same name. But, but theirs is cool. There's this interesting. I've seen a couple meetups like this. You join the group, and if you don't interact in the group or show up, they kick you out. Mm. So it's a way to kind of curate. It'd be yeah. like we don't want a bunch of dead weight here. Totally. If you, but it encourages you to reach out, and then they go, I think, a step further because probably because of the volume. I think there's like, I think there's like six thousand people in their group. Which makes sense, right? It's not even bigger. Yeah, there's a there's a couple groups. Bet, yeah, but uh, this one, like, uh, ours is very casual. Ours is usually like a person trying to get. I mean, maybe a person has a partner, and it's like we want we're trying to get two other people for the Google Court Saturday morning, six to nine or whatever. Theirs is like. I think because there's so many people, it's uh, they formalized. They break, yeah, it's much more. It, it's formal the way they try to just organize play. So they try and say, if you join the group, tell us what level of player you are, you know. And they say beginner, uh, intermediate, advanced. I think that's how they break it down. And they give examples of like beginner, you know doesn't jump serve, but they're consistent with their overhand serves. They can pass, they can set, they don't hit the ball very hard, but they're getting into the sport and they love the sport. Intermediate, obviously, you know, it, it, it ramps up from there. And so then you, then they'll make announcements. It's like, and I see it, it's, they're very regimented. Saturday, eight to 12, beginner slash intermediate group playing at, um, the northernmost courts at the Santa Monica Pier, uh, you know, come on out. And then it'll, it'll say uh, it's like 40 spots RSVP. And if you don't RSVP, it's kind of like, don't, don't show up. Like, because we want to plan and get a group and yeah. show up, play and get the fuck out of there. Um, so that's cool. Like, that's I like really cool. I like that. Um, but I also like just getting together with four people like your maybe buddies that you know a little bit better and playing whenever you can. So I think I'll do some of that with that meetup group, but then also hopefully meet people there and meet some of the other people I've been referred to, to kind of get into a rhythm of playing and playing a lot. And the cool thing about that group is you, you naturally, there's something just so communal about it. People, you know, it's hot. It's a really good workout you have to communicate well to, to play the sport well. Um, and so it's natural that you kind of make connections. And then it's like when everyone plays from 7 a.m. to 12 p. 
p.m. on a Saturday and it's hot. And it's like, hey, let's all go grab lunch. Let's all go do this, yeah. you know. So some of the volleyball people I've met in Seattle all know forever because we started doing stuff like that. Um, but that's like that's one thing. And part of that's a lifestyle thing, too. I want to have healthy, you know, habits. Yeah. Other things are some like hobbies and interests I want to get into. I want to, you know, um, I want to spend more time around people that are good entrepreneurs around wellness, around design, and just have figured out ways to cultivate their creativity consistently. So I'm looking at how to get in those groups. I think one of the great opportunities is to ask myself, or to say, if you want to change or you want to get better, you have to be willing to expose yourself to new new things. And one of those things is, where are you looking to go? If it's far from where you are now, you got to put yourself around people that are there. Mm-hmm. And for me, whatever I decide that is, whether it's something recreational like a sport or maybe something that I think can be professional someday, find those groups and go try to be around those people and be inspired and learn some stuff I don't know. So that's something I'm going to do. I'm going to be very deliberate that the people that I meet and the groups that I become a part of are separate from the links that I already have to the city. How are you going to go about doing that? And the reason why I'm asking is because I'm not only curious to know how you do it, but this is such an important thing to learn for just people in general, not only for people who are moving to new areas, but I think just in life, one thing that I've always learned from my mom is that she was a, my mom was from originally from South Carolina and she moved to Seattle um, back in like the late seventies or mid seventies or something like that. And she was a joiner. Like she just joins things and she, yeah, my mom's pretty outgoing, but she, just joins communities and she just immerses herself in those communities. And it's a really easy way for you to just join something. And then you're not having to struggle to try and make friends on your own because you're in part of this or you're in part of this community, whether it be a book club or volleyball or an art or an art thing, or she would do like PTSA. She'd be like, she was like yeah. the vice president of like V uh, like PTSA. Yeah. Like with when we were in elementary school, like she would just join these types of things and immerse herself and take positions mm-hmm. because that's how you meet people. Right. Um, and I think it's something that I've always like learned is like join things because that's how you're, you're going to meet other people. Yeah. And then you're going to get more fulfillment out of that activity that you're doing. But so, yeah, I'm curious to know how you're going to do that outside of uh, a sport. Well, I'm curious to see how meetup.com really works. Because there's a ton of shit on there. There's a ton of awesome stuff on there, all seemingly great stuff on there in Seattle that I've never really used because I haven't, not so much that I haven't felt the need, but it's just like not as, it doesn't seem as crucial to go and like meet new people here. I feel like I have plenty of friends. I'm thinking like this is clicking because I'm always trying to set up golf out, golf things with my friends. And it's such, and I've been, I think we might have talked about this a couple of times, but like I'm always trying to figure out ways so that I can not have to reach out to every single person individually because mm-hmm. it is such a pain to literally try and text each person. Hey, do you want to golf? 
And then you're having this full dialogue if they can or if they can't. You're waiting to hear back from their word. And then you're going back and forth with like all these different people. And sometimes I'm talking to like 15 people. Ken uses Evites for his Christmas parties and they're great. Well, those that's but I'm talking about more on like the volleyball thing where it's an ongoing thing. Hey, got a, a tea time here. Uh, do you want to play or just posing just the question there? Just a way to communicate. And you feel like group texts? Group texts do not work at all. Not with my friends, at least. Huh. People do not respond to group texts at all. Well, then you think they're going to respond to something else? Better? I don't know. I'm looking. I think that's just a reflection of idiots. I'm looking for a forum to be able to cultivate that type of communication for things that to bring people together in. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's something that would work. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't. I I have noticed like the the in that volleyball group like there's messages like people say stuff and there's um with every event there is a thread you know um so it's not text messages but i just think we all have some friends that suck at communicating and it doesn't matter what fucking app you give them yeah or amazing technology they're still going to suck yeah uh, some of my best friends just aren't you're just like like my buddy Ryan. Everybody knows it. Ryan Dorsey. Incredible running partner. Awesome guy. Super fun. Like worst guy to plan anything with. This is crazy. It's just like out of this world. Like how do you expect to get anywhere? Yeah. You know? Uh, but anyway, I'm, I am looking at. Well, there's two things that came to mind when you asked me that. I'm going to use Meetup for other stuff. I've joined like. West Hollywood design is like a group of people that are just interested in design and they get together at a, at a bar that I know to be pretty cool. It was funny. It was like one of the criteria for me. I was like, well, I wonder where they'd be. <laughs> and it's some like crappy place, nah, you know, like whatever. Probably not a, a yeah. good design, but it's a cool place. And I'm on there and I was like looking <laughs> at a few of the up. people and I was like, what? Like you just go out there and I'm sure half the people are like, Oh, I just moved here from somewhere. It's trying to get around other people that are into things like just, just go, yeah. you know? But then the other piece of it, and I've experienced this a little bit almost accidentally, and it kind of started with the the yoga retreat and Mia's friend Corey, you know, she's one of those people who's like left the corporate hustle to create a life, you know, she kind of has that whole thing of create a life you don't need a vacation from. And a, a narrative you hear from so many people that have done that or are on that journey is ask for help and talk about what you're trying to do. And I've had some good conversations with her and, you know, she's one of those people that you talk to and you kind of get pumped up. You're like, I need to go. Like We've had so many conversations that have kind of started from ideas she gave me. We had the whole golf yeah. thing, stuff like that. But she's like, you, when you move here, like talk to people and, Talk about the things you want to do because we want to help each other. It's scientifically proven. Everybody wants more connection and a way to connect is to help. And the few times I almost kind of accidentally mentioned something, someone in the room was like, hey, I heard you. I do this. Have you heard about that? Like when that shit happens, it, it's kind of the universe slapping you in the face saying. It's energizing. Totally. If you want to do something, talk about, don't keep it a secret. Get around people, talk about it, 
you can't doubt your like having some doubts and maybe being embarrassed by having a crazy idea is going to lead to you not talking about it. So talk about it and be open with the reality that you're inexperienced and that you want to learn stuff and that you actually don't know what you're talking about because one of the best ways to learn is to teach. So I think I'm excited to do more of that, go places and be like, hey, you know, I don't I don't know about design really. I'm interested. I think I have an eye. I can design some things. I think I have good taste, but I haven't worked in design. I haven't studied design. I've read a few books, but like put it out there. And if you care enough and you're genuine, I think the universe puts people and resources right in front of you to, uh, to help you kind of pursue your passions. Yeah. You Have you heard of a, I know you've heard of Tom Bilyeu. I've heard of it. He's, I'm not familiar though, but I know the name. He was on, he's a, he's one of these, uh, he, he's the founder of Quest Nutrition. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's also just one, you know, a cool online motivational guy. Y-E-U? Yeah. Yeah. He had a guy on the other day and the guy was talking about, you know, why you don't accomplish your goals. He's from Tacoma, by the way. Tom Billy is? Tack Town. Shout out. 25 Trey? Never knew that. Now he's in uh, LA. Yeah, you know, I saw that. I was like, fuck, I'll go to one of his things. Like, whatever. Anyway, he had a guy on there. And his videos are cool on Instagram. It's pretty smart. I think I first noticed this with Gary Vee. If you look at an Instagram video, say it's like a, a clip from a speech. If you don't have your sound on, you don't hear it. And like, sometimes you don't want to turn your sound on. Yeah. They put subtitles on their things. And so the first words on it were like something about, you know, the, the one reason why you don't achieve your goals or something like that, that kind of caught my eye and I like saved it. I was like, Oh, go, go back and read this. Um, I'm definitely at a point where I just feel encouraged to just try some new stuff. Um, and he was talking about two things. He's like, what are the questions? One question I know for a fact was, are you interested in this thing? Or are you passionate? It might have been passionate or something else. But he broke it down really simply. He was like, if you're just interested, you'll do what's convenient as it relates to that thing. And then you'll kind of make excuses to not do anything more than what's convenient, which means you're not going to get anywhere with mm-hmm. anything because yeah. nothing's convenient. Um, but if you're passionate or whatever the word was, passionate, if you really care, nothing will get in the way of you making some progress. And once you make progress, that's when you kind of fall in love with something Mm -hmm. that's when we see our growth then that's what's tangible to us and that's what tells us to go try it again to fail again to try harder to learn more that kind of got me pumped up to to remind myself you know i'm not sure aside from what my career is today and some of the interests that i have i'm not sure what what they are but when i get down there and i start getting into stuff I, i i'm excited to choose something or things 
and ask myself, am I interested in this or do I really fucking want to do this and see what happens? It'll kind of show itself. But I, I, part of this for me is definitely, you know, is there a path to getting to that life you don't need a vacation from? And I think for most people, it's finding the thing to where nothing will get in your way to make progress. That's when we find success. I think that's when we find like, you know, maybe some happiness in life and some independence from, you know, traditional careers. So I, I'm, I'm excited to challenge myself with stuff when, when I'm there, especially, yeah. especially being around people that, you know, I feel have already made great strides and those people work hard. It's interesting that you say that. And I think that's a really great way um, that you said, it's like, you got to pause and say, am I interested in this or am I passionate about this? And it kind of goes back to, I can't remember who says it was, it's either a hell yes or a no. Once you realize like, what are you passionate about? It's like, you can't just, Passion isn't just like, yeah, I, I, I really like this. I want to do this. And then like not following up. It's like, you got to be aware that like, I actually really want to do this. And then you got to make that mind shift change. Yeah. So then diving fully into it. Yeah. Otherwise it's just an interest. Yeah. I'm excited to maybe take something. And I think when you ask those questions and if you feel, you know, I'm, like no matter what, every day I'm researching this thing or I I go back to this thing or I want to read more about this thing or be around people or, you know, I'm submersing, immersing myself in this topic to find something and then put some structure around it and build some habits around it. Like I, I, to me, that's what's exciting because I think that's where it gets kind of simple is, um, if you're going to be successful at anything, you have habits around it. It's your, your pursuit of progress doesn't really come casually. You know, it's not like we're kids just going to soccer practice every day and you just like get a little bit better. Cause you should like, you're just playing, you're just showing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think especially when you're an adult and you have a full-time job and you've got relationships and all this shit, you gotta, it's, it's like you don't run a marathon by accident. It's not that hard if you build the right habits. And to me, that that whole thing is just an analogy that like never in a million years did I think I could run 26.2 miles. But then in retrospect, it ended up being kind of easy because I looked and went, how do you do this? Oh, here's a plan. You run X amount of miles each week and increase that a certain percentage. And then you get somewhere. So like. And I know we've said this a million times, but we were just talking about it with Mikey. Just like if you wanted to learn a language, dude, there's 6,000 apps out there, but it's not until you make it a habit to do it Mm -hmm. that you get to the point where you're conversational in a new language. But in retrospect, it's always pretty simple. Yep. Ask anybody who's a developer. They took, they took courses for a long time. You know who I think I, I need to get off the pedestal here in a moment, but I think we should have on the podcast is um, 
fuck is his name? I can't remember his last name. Do I know who you do? But I'm just sad that I don't remember his last name. Is he from Redapt? Yeah, it's Hammers out there. Jamie, Jen Holy's husband. Oh, yeah. He just got a job at Chef as a developer. And I know personally, I'm pretty sure a couple of years, he just started learning to code. Yeah, I was going to say, I do not remember. I think he might have been in recruiting before. I think so. Something like that. I referred him to Noah when Noah was at Chef for a recruiting opening at Chef. Here we are, probably five years later. He didn't get that job, by the way, as a recruiter. Five years later, that motherfucker knows how to code. That's crazy. And you, I feel like you hear about those stories in the fucking zeitgeist. But like, here's a guy who's, you know, didn't sc- study computer science. I don't think he had the lucky privilege of like parents that got him involved with computers or code at a young yeah. age. But like, I'd be very curious to learn where did you start? Did you start like me? Like you don't know anything about code. And then you took some classes online yourself. I think there was a, I do think there was a lot of like just at home by himself, you know, I don't know, you know, there's like codeacademy.com or you can just go and do it yourself with Mm -hmm. a virtual teacher. Did you do stuff like that? Because I think one of the, the greatest opportunities we have is to like, change your profession at some point in your life. Yeah. You don't have to be fucking stuck doing something you don't like just for a paycheck, but it's so intimidating because you're so far in and comfortable. And how do you, you're comfortable. How, how could I get over to designing things? And I haven't doing this the whole time. I haven't invested any time in that. There's a person who might have some really interesting insights about, I was doing recruiting for a long time and I decided I want to do something else. It took me several years but now I'm doing something else. That's one of the most powerful stories there is out there. Yeah. Maybe we should look at having them on. Yeah. would love to. Along with the 10 other guests that we need to have on. I just spoke with Will, uh, Will from iceberg. Yeah. He probably wouldn't appreciate this if I put this out in public, but no one from his company that acquired him is going to hear this. One of the questions I was excited to ask him, we went to lunch last Thursday. He was a CEO. He sold his company valued for over a hundred million within five years of founding it. And he's probably 37. Super nice guy. Awesome. Um, cybersecurity wizard. And so, you know, another thing that happens out in the world, but you're lucky to be close to is a tech startup being acquired and being able to ask the CEO, like, so what is it actually like? Like you went from probably making good money to like, Hey, we all know you're worth several yeah. mil, yeah. you know, maybe tens, twenties more. Hundreds, um, hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds. I got a lot of cash. <laughs> I got a lot of cash. <laughs> We're so dumb. Uh, that dude has a countdown on his iPhone till he can, announce his resignation from the company that acquired him that's how miserable he is it's i go are you gonna stay and he just holds up his phone and there's a tab it says 307 307 days Damn. it's like next he's like august so the money that he gets paid out is backloaded 
So we got a huge chunk to begin with, and then like a little bit every quarter, and then like in the last few quarters of the two years, basically being vested. Yeah. In the last two years, it's dump trucks of money. And he goes, the date's August 7th. He goes, I think the wire should hit August 14th. And then I'll let it sit for a week and I'll hopefully resign on the 21st. He's already got the date. It's yeah. It's a, every day he looks at his phone and he sees 306 days now. That's crazy. You know, that was last Thursday. So it went from 307. It probably it's going to be a struggle of a way to live life for the next year. It's kind of crazy. Doesn't give a fuck about what goes on there. At the, I mean, it's like giving away your baby almost. Yeah. But you but, do it for a reason, of course. But he also uh, shed some light on how good it was for the company and for all of the employees. Oh, yeah. Something that's important to remember. Think about this. Um, and this is something I hadn't thought about, even though I've been around a lot of venture capital founders and teams. Uh, the more funding you take on, the harder it is. It's kind of like the less money you make when you sell, most likely. So, but he, you need it. But a lot of people take on that money so they can be successful, so that they can so that they can that grow. But a lot of them take it on as a result of poor management and poor. Maybe you're not going to grow, and your company just sucks. Chances are, most of them like. They, the venture capitalists know it's a gamble. It's like going to a fucking blackjack table and you look at Headspace or you look at Calm or you look at whatever and you go, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Give them, you know, I'm sure you said Calm's taken 140, 150, 143, 143. I'm sure their first round was like 10 million seed round or something. And I'm sure they got a series A that was maybe, maybe another 10 and they've taken chunks. And every time they take a chunk, they give away percentage to venture capital with the hope that when they become public or they start turning a profit, they can start paying that money back to the venture capitalists or they get acquired or like IPO. But again, it's, you got to pay, you got to pay these people that let you get started. Mm -hmm. And the more they pay you, the more you have to make to pay them back just so that you can start making money. Mm -hmm. So calm would have to sell if they sold for $143 million, they'd just be breaking even. They wouldn't take home anything. Right? Iceberg sold for... I, the rumor I'm hearing is 150 They only took on $12 million. And so he's going... I got a lot of cash. Yeah. They were able to pay every, every employee at their company buku bucks because they only had to pay back, you know, I think $12.5 million to their investors. And the rest of that. I mean, he's got to feel so good about that. Yeah. To him, he was like, yeah, I didn't really want to get rid of my baby. But the reality is I either have to take on more cash and then it just pushes me out. You know, I take another 10 or 20 million. It pushes him out another three, four years till he can sell again. He'd be someone really interesting to see if, well, it wasn't a, a wellness company. It'd be really fascinating to have, see what his thoughts would be from like, a headspace or a calm or any sort of company like that where you're providing this that sort of service from like a direct-to-consumer model and while he wasn't that it would be interesting to see what his thoughts were around that yeah he's a wicked smart dude i'm sure he'd have some good thoughts on it um and uh 
he looks way healthier now that he's not slaving to the business every day. Mm -hmm. He's kind of had his exit and now he's just kind of maintaining. He's like, I just got to, he's just an employee at a big company now. Yeah. You know, he leads a department, but it's like, he doesn't, you know, but from a stress perspective, he travels way less, spends way more time with his wife. And they're like, what is it? September nine month old, you know, like he would, I'm sure have a lot to say about culture and just overall wellness in a fast-paced technology environment. Yeah. You got to get him on at some point. Yeah, he's he agreed to be on a long time ago. We just get what we really need is to get our multiple microphone situation <laughs> ironed out. Very true. Cuz I think I do think that's part of a next level for us to be able to have that just next level of all audio quality, yeah. you know. I almost think like we should just sell our Yeti mics and just try and get new ones. I'm down. Yeah. I also think we got to figure out a way to record in different states and make it good. Yeah. We got to be able to do both. I am very committed to being up here once a month and trying to keep recording and stuff. But also if there's a way to figure it out to do it, it'd be oh, awesome. Definitely do that because I could probably, you know, we could get guests here. We could get guests there. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a Cisco to come in and give us one of those. Each of us one of those big, massive displays where they sick. video conferences in. Yeah, and it's like we're all there. I just got my uh, my membership to the West Hollywood Public Library, oh. which is incredible. What does the library card look like? It's well, it's in the mail. Mm-hmm. It's it's at. But I was I've been on a guest pass for a couple of weeks. So I don't know what it looks like, but I bet it's amazing because if it follows suit of like the architecture of the building, it was some famous architect who like designed it, you know, maybe 10 years ago. But they have conference rooms with like enormous TVs in them that really? you can like access. That's dope. Yeah. So I, I think I'm between going to the Google office and maybe using some workspaces, I'm gonna go there and work, you know. Just to get out of the house. Yeah, they'll be sick. Yeah. So. Yeah, we need to do some research on that, but. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, yeah. We'll fi- figure it out better than we've done so far. Yeah. For people who can't see, we have a mic that's basically like, what, a good two feet from us? At yeah. least. It's suspended between us across the dining room table. With a blanket over it. Yeah, a coog blanket for sure. Uh, this is actually, it's not a cube blanket, but it was a croquet, crocheted, crocheted, crocheted by Jenna's grandma. It's oh, pretty damn her soft. grandma made you, made her a blanket and it just happens to be cougar colors. Yeah, and yeah, you're telling exactly. me it's not a cougar blanket. But there's no cougar logo on it is what I'm saying. I think things like this are cooler than logos. Yeah, I wouldn't, there, I wouldn't want a logo on something like this. The colors speak louder than a logo. This is soft. This is, is nice. Really soft. When was this made? I think she got it for. I think she got it as like a bride as a um, bridal bridal shower gift. Mm. So June, when it was completed. Speaking of showers, this is really soft. Yeah, it's really soft. Um, my buddy Ryan is having a baby soon. We got together for drinks last night, five of us. 
And uh, we were just kind of chatting at one point, and I think somebody asked what they were going to name their daughter. And he goes, hey, you guys should guess. You should try to guess. He goes, I'll give you 20 questions. And Walker remembered he already knew the name. Phil and I got the name in 10 questions, and we feel pretty good about it, about ourselves. We said, hey, if we guess it, if we guess it alone in 20 questions, you're doing a shot tonight. And he was like, sure. You guys are fucked. Ten questions later, we got it. What were the questions? Uh, first one was, or I, I don't know them in order, but I can throw out a couple. Does it start with a vowel? Just to try to narrow it down. Like if it started, we our thought was if it started with a vowel, it would it would like help us pick a name, but yeah, it didn't. So it's starting with a consonant didn't help that much, but it 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 helps. And then it was like I think the first question I asked. Maybe the second question we asked as a group, I said, is it two syllables or less? Mm, That's a good question. And it was. And he didn't have to tell us this, but he said, it's two syllables. I was like, okay, that helps. Two syllable name. Starts with a consonant. Um, I think Phil asked, does it end in like a Y sound? Like, you know, or or a sound like a... or maybe he asked, does it end with a vowel? Um, and he said, no, including Y. And he said, no. So we're like, okay, two syllables, starts and ends with a consonant. Um, one question was, you know, is it a, was it a common name for any of us growing up? And he said, no, but you've heard it, but seldomly. So we're like, okay, to like rule out your typical, you know, names. Sarah or yeah. John. Uh, it's it was a gender gender neutral name, mm. so that's like five questions, and we're kind of working through it. And then Phil said, "Let's ask if the name starts with any of the letters in the first half of the alphabet," which I thought was a good question. It was a good question. Um, he said no. So then we're going through the last half, and we're taking the vowels out of the last half, and then we're taking away like, you know. Z. That's a great question because the second half of the alphabet has a lot of letters that you're never like Q, right. maybe some Z's, Y's. It's probably not going to be a Y of V, like, you know. Yeah. We can we, so we're so to run with that. We were like, so it's we've got L, M, N, no O because not a vowel, P, but probably not a P. Q's in there, R, S, T. So we're like kind of going through these names. Um, and as a group, we all know Ryan pretty well. I think Phil asked, you know, was the name inspired from any, anyone in your family or like your friends? That was a no. And then I, so as we're going through the letters that are available, you know, I'm going, uh, you know, L M N O. And I was like, it's not going to be Q. And Phil's like, well, that's a cool name. And, and I was like, yeah, it's a cool name. And he just turns, keep in mind, Ryan told us it was two syllables. Phil just goes, and Ryan's like, fuck, it was one one syllable. syllable. Ryan's an idiot. Ryan's the one you can't plan anything with. He's obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) So that all comes full story. But uh, That's hilarious. Oh, shit. We might have to cut this out because he definitely told me, told us not to tell anyone his baby's name. Maybe I'll see when they're having the baby and we can just... Well, we can do it like when there's, we can add some sound effects where it's like, 
Yeah, that'd be that. That's actually a good idea. That'd be like, kind of funny. Yeah, something really cheesy like that. Yeah, if someone listens for uh, for two hours to get to this moment. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So there's a lot going on. It feels good to feel like people are in motion. It feels good to think about you beginning a marriage. To me, that's exciting. It'll be interesting to get some feedback to you from you over the next couple months. It's exciting to be with friends last night that are in motion. Ryan's and very much a child playing, you know, dress up as an adult who's just bought a home and they're having this baby. Phil's getting selling into his own in San Diego. He was in town. Yeah, that's kind of why we all got together. He was in town. Um, JP just got back from, I guess these are mostly my friends, but people you, you know, JP just got back from his two week journey through Spain. Um, it's a pretty famous so two week trail. Two month? It's supposed to be like two to three months, but you can break it up in like chunks. He tried to get three months off from work and they gave him two months, but like most of it was going to be unpaid. Well, yeah, that's unpaid vacation. Obviously. And then it, they came back and he said like, cause he had already been on some, several vacations. He had already been to like Mexico this year for a week and all this, but he was just really feeling burnt out. And so he just wanted to, he was thinking, he's like, I might just quit and go on this three month trip and come back and get a job, which is what I was encouraging him to do. Cause he doesn't like his job anyway. He's not getting paid shit. That's what I would encourage him to do too. But he didn't do that. So he ended up taking this two week trip where he just went from one spot in Spain to the other, to the other. And you know, had a good time and he's back and feeling a little bit more. He just had his birthday on Thursday. She's feeling a little, you know, energized. And, you know, I asked him, hey, you're 28. What are you going to do this year? I think it's an interesting question to ask. You can ask anybody that question at any time, but we're all out for his birthday on Thursday night. A good like 20, 25 people came out. Gives you an opportunity. And he's like, I, I think I want to have a new job by next spring. You know, which I think is like nine-ish months. So we're like, all right, like let's put it on the calendar. Let's talk about it. Like, you know. Literally almost a week later, we're hanging out with Ryan last night. And at the end of the night, Ryan goes, Hey, if uh anybody needs anything from REI, let me know. Ryan works at corporate REI in HR. And he and uh he goes, I've got 25 off, 25% off codes for like 24 hours if anybody wants them. And I go, Hey, why don't you get JP a job? You know, I don't think we need anything. And he was like, oh, you want to work at REI? And Ryan's like, what do you do? He's like, I'm in purchasing now, kind of procurement. I work with all of our vendors and send POs and track shipments and work with sales and all that shit. And Ryan's like, oh, yeah, like I know the lady who hires for all that. And like, he goes, I get a $1,000 bonus if you get a job. So I'll hook you up with the gal for an interview. Like a week later, just going back to like talk about what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. And here's JP almost a week later, like pumped. And Ryan's like, yeah, I probably won't send the email tonight, but I'll send it first thing tomorrow morning. So I just like energy. I like being around stuff where people are not stagnant, you know? And it seems like almost everybody around me is making a move in some, is progressing in some regard, you know, or challenging themselves. You got to, otherwise life is boring. Yeah. It's like a stagnant pond. Yeah. 
gets uh gets gross. Yeah, it gets gross. Gotta keep it moving, keep it frizzish. So I love it. I was actually you you bring up something that I actually thought about saying is that um it'd be cool and this is just right now, I'm not saying we have to come up with a goal because I don't even couldn't even think of any for you, but if we set goals for each other, and mm. I know Tim Ferriss does this, and then oh, really? you, and then you assign like if you don't achieve that goal, of course it'd have to be within like acceptable terms or whatever. Yeah. That if you don't achieve that goal, then the person has to pay a penalty Ooh. to something. So it's like double motivation. Not only are you in the hook because somebody else set the goal for you, but then you also have you have to pay a penalty, whether that's um like for me, let's just say I would donate five hundred dollars and if Evan ever listens to this or if Emily King ever listens to this or Jenna, they'll die. I had to donate like $2,000. I'm just making these numbers up or $500 to the UW athletic fund. Oh God. Like yeah, I would, like, that would hilarious. just absolutely kill me to do yeah, that. I like that. I like that a lot. So not only do you have that motivating you, but you also are on the hook because you didn't just make this goal for yourself. And it's always easy yeah. to cop out of your own goals. But you're like, all right, somebody's somebody is gonna try and keep me accountable for this. I like uh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's let's, like, let's, let's ponder. Let's do it. And then it'd be fun to get no updates on this. For you, but I have some ideas actually already. Um, but there's an aspect to that with the thing Joe Rogan does with his buddies with Sober October. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and they've I don't know what they've picked for this year, but it starts Monday. I'm yeah. kind of curious to because it ends up coming up a lot on the podcasts during October with yeah. his other guests. He always like talks about it. Yeah. It's hilarious. And it's cool. And they have, they, they track each other on multiple levels. You know, they use the heart rate monitor or something. Mm-hmm. So it shows like Joe Rogan's always like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. But like those other guys, you can they bust their Bert ass. Kreischer, he can compete with Joe. Cause it's all about heart rate. It's not about your ability. Yeah. It's about your effort. That, that, that's cool. And then they always have, it's more of a, instead of a penalty it's more of an embarrassing punishment they mm-hmm. have you know but um last night uh in that group of five of us four of us have like you know have ran races you know ryan all the way up to competing in the boston marathon and doing 50ks and doing the uh enchantments and like um and like phil and jp t- as well we were talking about like uh, I think Phil had the idea and he said, wouldn't it be fun? Like as a group, if we all just like pick a 50 K like a year from now and it'll be a fun destination thing. And we all just go do it. And whenever we get a chance to get together, we train together um, and go like, try to do it. That's really cool. And I, I was like, I'm not sure about that, but I was like, it's I'm not sure something about that to distance, consider. but like the thing about a 50 K is it's only 32 miles. Oh, 50K. Okay. 50K is 32 miles. Oh, I was thinking a 50 miler. But he wants to do a trail run. So it's it's a lot harder. Yeah. But I'm a little more interested in it because I'm not really interested in running on pavement much more. I really don't think that's good for you for long distances. No. But um, yeah, similar idea. I think the more things you can do, you know, involving your friends and personal challenges is awesome. Yeah, so, I would love to do it with more of my friends. Yeah, so challenge me, guys. 
<laughs> we should we should do it. We should pick our thing. We should pick things, and then uh, it'd be really fun to start like posting about them and talk mm-hmm. about them, and because it's it was one of the coolest things about you know doing my marathon and even you in your golf club. Like it got me super pumped seeing some of the pro- your progress. I only heard about through your posts and the few times you spoke about it. But for me, when a few of my friends found out I was running a marathon, the energy I got from people every day, how's it going? How's the training? Did you run? You know, like fuels you. It's, it's so cool. Like it's so powerful and it really, I think helps you do things that are, you think are beyond your ability and it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. So it's probably a good way to, level up in any any regard level up level up level up <laughs> we gotta sign off this has been a long podcast wide ranging as usual all right life lab we love you love as always love love love